Hey, it's Sean Fennessy, host of The Big Picture. Did you just see the latest tentpole blockbuster? Or a surprisingly fun new movie on a streaming service? Or maybe you just want to bone up on the greatest films ever made? From reviews to rankings, career retrospectives to movie drafts, and everything in between, The Big Picture is here for you. Listen to The Big Picture for free on Spotify. Jeff Goldblum. That's oh, why I Ed thought Begley you were introducing Jr. yourself. As I no, I'm, you saying, the I, I'm not even anything in Hollywood. You're the mayor, though. I'm Everyone nothing. says you're the mayor. No, I'm nothing. I'm there was not. a whole oral history in GQ once about how all, how you've resonated with all of these different pockets of the Hollywood community. Really? Yeah. Pockets? Oh, don't act like you didn't read it. I read it. Those were very sweet. As a matter of fact, I'm a little late. Bel- I'm belated in getting back to all those people who they called. Yeah. And... Um, and came up with something nice to say in many cases. It was uh, all about how you just connect with people left and right, no matter where you are. You can well, be at an airplane. Already. I've only been here two minutes, and don't you feel like we're— You, you tell me about lozenges. I've told you about my lozenge secret. You apologize I, for being so uh, impeccably dressed because you were coming from another show because yes, you're in the that's, circuit. That's right. Meanwhile, I'm dressed like a bum as always in you're a sweatshirt. Fantastically, I'm just comfortable. Does I'm anybody comfortable know guy. that you have the hair of a young the, the, the hair of Steve an Italian McQueen, <laughs> young Steve McQueen, and the piercing blue eyes of uh, Peter O'Toole? <laughs> oh, thank you. Ah, that's way to put me up. That's yeah, really nice. Look, I had no thank idea. You. Yeah, who you knew? You were this camera ready. Who knew? Yeah, well, I'm definitely not camera ready today. So you're you're at the end of the circuit. We're catching you, but I don't think it matters because I think you're ready to go oh, at all no. times. I'm always, I'm, I'm in the, I'm in full flush of my gold bloom tendencies. But you have a small child. So you wake up every morning. I have two small children. So you're up in the mornings. Yes, I am. That's yes, the problem with having kids when you're older is they wake up super early, but it's not a problem because old people wake up super early. Like I'm getting, I'm 48. I get up all of a sudden I'm getting up at six now. Of course we like to get up yeah. uh, early and we like to go to bed early. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the part I'm still struggling with. Really? Why? What do you like to do at night? Have another bowl of cereal? I like to watch TV. Yeah, watch I like TV. to power well, do you still watch movies. TV or do, you still, or do you go on the YouTube and just watch sample so, this and that? I do both, but I really still like scrolling through the channels and being like, oh, that movie's on. Yeah, I know. I still get a kick out of it. Yeah, it's, it's an my, old It's habit. our generation, though. I know. But hey, do you, how about Apple TV? That's really changed my life, the whole Netflix and Apple TV. Going, you can see every movie you can really seriously watch It's almost like now. too many choices. Yes, that's it's kind true. of paralyzing. It's like when you go on an airplane sometimes and they have the movie library and there's like 100 movies that I kind of want to watch again, yeah. but- I'm not that excited. I was I settle on my old standbys. One of which is the Big Chill, which is just like really? kind of like comfort watching. I know all the I know all Thank the scenes. I like the characters. I feel like they're my friends. I, I die back into the world. Be, if you were that, you will. Well, you would be, of course, Tom Berenger, probably. Oh, stop it! He uh, was an actor. Or well, no, I'd have been more be, like you because you were a writer. Well, that, yeah. that was my background. Well, you could really. I mean, you're kind of a troublemaker in that movie, but. Yeah, I'm a bit of a, a scallywag. Well, wait a minute. You were a writer, of course. Yeah. Tell, tell me all, everything about that without. I, that's how I started everything. I was I was a sports columnist. Where, and where, then where, where are you from to, originally? I'm from Boston originally. I like how you flipped this podcast on me. No, I'm not flipping anything. Uh, no. Yeah, I'm from Boston originally. And then uh, I got hired by ESPN to write a sports column, and that led to a whole bunch of other good things. That's so interesting. Yeah. Why? You were always interested in sports? You always just liked yeah. sport? Love sports. That's so interesting. I'm you're, from, t- you're a tall guy, though. You never. I'm 6'4. I'm a little over 6'4. Never played hoops? I played everything on the street during you had to. 
you know, they had to call me in for dinner at the end of the day because I was out on the street playing basketball during basketball season, baseball during baseball season, football. I was in Little League. You know, I did all that. My uncle, my dad's brother named Chucky Goldblum. Yeah. Was a big star for Westminster College, a huh. uh, basketball star. He okay. was exactly my height. He kind of looked like me. And supposedly, the, the, the legend has it, he was going to go into the NBA. He was going to be uh, in the NBA. So you didn't, but you know, you don't have a basketball movie in your background or anything. That's, uh, no, I don't. You I had a, I, I take part in that great white hype movie, speaking of boxing. Boxing. Yeah. But you couldn't have been in like Fish That Saved Pittsburgh or some of those late 70s, like an up and coming role. Yeah. Maybe you I should tell your agent. You blew yeah. it. Or Fast Break, you could have been in. Fast Break, really? I don't know either of those movies no, so far. I'm playing, I know Hoosiers. I know the basketball movie Hoosiers. What are your favorite sports movies? Hoosiers, Hoosiers you like? Yeah. What the, else? Well, the see. classics are who the old school classics are like Hoosiers, The Natural, The Natural. I um, did like Glenn Close is a friend of mine from the Big Chill. Of course, right. we've stayed in touch, and she just she's a dear angel. She said something nice about me in that piece uh, for GQ, and she came over to our house to meet our two little boys. We've got two little boys now. Yeah. Um, and um, she was in The Natural. That's right. She well, was she she was the lady in wait yes. in The Natural, but yes. then played. Fatal Attraction Lady, like a year later. Yes. Which is like the two the good angel and the bad the angel. Yeah. That's right. Oh, she's yeah. uh, she's got every color in the rainbow. She can do everything. But how about that Glenn Close sports movies? That's what we were talking about. Hey, do you like that that um, that movie that Oliver Stone did about football that, you know, any given I Sunday? I think it's a, I it's kind of, really weird, but it's aged really nicely. I, yeah, it's kind of a guilty pleasure for me. I kind, yeah. of, I kind of like it, too. I had yeah. uh, Pacino was here. We did a podcast last you've week. You've got to be kidding. Sitting right there. Now you've struck a chord. Now you're talking about something. I'm not positive he knew it was going on. What do you mean? He was. I think he thought it was a live radio show for a while and then realized it was eventually a long form conversation that he could just keep going and going. Uh-huh. And about 25 minutes in, he started doing the whole. I remember one time with Brando and I was like, oh, this is yes. And it was yeah. great. He was awesome. <clears throat> really? He name dropped any given Sunday. He was like, I was in this movie once, any oh given God. Sunday. I was like, You've Yeah, I'm familiar. I've seen it 40 times. Were you starstruck with him? I mean, I would have had a million questions for him. Did you ask about the Godfather or did you feel we, comfortable talking about I all that? I did. And we talked, he talked about how he almost got fired in The Godfather. Right, of course. That's um, a famous story. He was story. talking about the 70s. He was talking about the 80s. There's just like five years of just missing where he just didn't right, act. before he came back in Sea of Love. Yeah. You know. That's uh, how he phrased it, actually. He's like, then I came back with a movie that's right. you might have heard of, Sea of Love. Yeah, with John Goodman. Yeah, that was good Ellen one. Barkin. Good from, one. I did a couple of movies with Ellen Barkin. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, a couple of movies. That's what I, we're going to play a game. That we're going to be able to dive into. I like different to play parts. all manner of games. By the way, I'm from Pittsburgh. You're from Boston. Right. So you must be a Patriots fan. Or as, I know. A, as a broadcaster, you're not allowed to have any allegiance to any. Oh, team. I'm the exact opposite. I'm no. open, open about my allegiances. Really? So, you, so you're the, for the so Patriots. So yeah, we've been beating the Steelers pretty consistently now for. Did you see today? I saw in the Bleacher Report they have the new catch rule has been established, which would have, and they referenced you would have won that game. We would have won that game. Yeah. As we should have. As usual, they change the rules after the Patriots benefit from them. That's a recurring theme with the Now, league. even being a fan as you are, are you suspicious of their— uh... Now, that rule needed a change. Right. My whole thing is— But after the, their if win— If it seems it, like a catch, it should be a catch. 
Yeah. You know, like Jesse well, James clearly caught the ball. Yes, to yes, say like, no, right. actually it moved one eighth of an inch. Yeah. I don't like right. it. Well, anyway, we could talk about that forever, but I'm a big, big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Uh, you must know everything about the off season. Uh, with yeah. the Steelers this uh, Well, you year. have your running backs holding out. Yeah, Levy Le- Le- Bill. What do you think? I met him once. I took a couple of pictures with him, believe it or not. I I support running backs holding out because their careers are about eight to nine years and they right. need to get paid during the eight to nine years. Right. And I it mean, can't be like, yeah, next year we'll get you. And then I'll send you a How long did cut. Barry Sanders work? Yeah. How long did uh, Jim Brown work? It's a young man's position. Hey, here's a, here's a quiz for you. Yeah. What movie... Let's talk about sports figures who then did movies. What movie did, well, Jim Brown did a lot of movies. Jim Brown retired to make kind of not that great movies. He was like these low budget action movies. Yeah. But yeah. he just didn't want to play anymore. He was smart. He, he didn't did. want to take the punishment. Oh, right. Very smart. But OJ was in Capricorn One, which was actually a good movie. I like Capricorn One. You don't like you're I don't not, know. I've never not seen in it. on it? I've never seen it. It was about how they fa- they basically faked going to Mars. They filmed it in a studio, but then something went wrong and the astronauts had to escape. Right. Right. You know, Courtney B. Vance yeah. is in Isle of Dogs. I've been spending time with him on this publicity tour. He's a wonderful guy, wonderful actor. And of course, he played Johnny Cochran in the recent- He was amazing movie. in that. He was quite amazing in that. And yeah. then Sterling K. Brown was great too. And he's had a whole Sterling kind of, K. not Brown, revival, but like, I guess he breakthrough. Played, he played- He played Chris Darden. Chris Darden, of course. You got to get in on one of these Ryan Murphy things. And I just did a, well, I like Ryan Murphy and I saw every episode of Feud- yeah. Wait a minute! I was on a couple episodes of Glee. That's Ryan Murphy too, right? Yeah, but you got to do one where you play like Bob Shapiro. Oh, really? And the OJ thing. Well, like if Travolta had, if they hadn't had him, I think you were next. Sterling K. Brown. I just did a movie with. Yeah. Uh, called Hotel Artemis with the two of us and mainly Jodie Foster. Oh, how about that? Interesting. Isn't she, that interesting? He hosted SNL and was really good. And yes. I always like to, I like when actors that I like host SNL because it's a nice test of kind of, I don't want to say how good of an actor they are, but how flexible they are as an actor. Yes, I know what you Different mean. Different thing. You did it. You hosted I it did twice, it a couple right? of times. Yeah. Did you ever act? Did you do much acting? God, no. No? No, I'd be terrible. I'd be terrible. You'd be wonderful. No, you'd be great. Um, you hosted <laughs> in 93? Yeah, I think it was 93. Aerosmith? That's right. Aerosmith. I don't remember. You hosted one more time, but I don't remember the other. I remember the Aerosmith, though, because I was like kind of And then I played with him. You know, I played piano. I heard that story. I played. You heard that story. You went so on I, stage I with them. I bore you with that. That's right, yeah. That's I was not there. a boring story. They invited you on stage they invited me on during stage an Aerosmith concert. The moment, and I played a song with them in some outdoor theater, 80,000 people. I'm going to play the IMDb game with you. Yeah. It's going to be fun. But you ready? Mohammed, yes, yeah. Well, I want to play Do you know what game. the IMDb game is? Uh, no, I don't. We go through some of the movies you did. Okay. And just the trigger of the names prompts you into some sort of memory from the past. Watch this. That's my that's my best uh, that's special skills on my resume, you know, free association. (laughs) Along with a stick shift and you know, I speak uh, some French. Well, what was there was on one set where they were playing like basically every movie you were in could Go to another actor, but then it could circle back and well, come yeah, back to you. That's a fun game. That's a different a little yeah, variation different of this. Game. Is uh, the movie game actor movie actor movie actor yeah. movie? That would be a fun game to Kevin play. Kevin Bacon but, was another one that right. you could do that. There's that's certain kinda, actors who've been yeah. who've crossed so many paths. Yeah, that's right. All right, so your first movie, Death Wish. 
Death Wish, and you're and you're like a horrible thug in the movie, and and freak you one. set up this whole vigilante. You're freak number one. I'm freak of the number IMDb. one. That's right. That was your first movie. It Gregory was like the Rizakis. most horrible part ever. That's right. 1973, long before you were born. Gregory Rosakis and Chris Logan are the freak number two and three. Uh, Charles Bronson, of course, is the fellow whose wife Hope Lang gets uh, killed. We 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 do. You some break ho- into her apartment yes, and you do, do terrible things we, to her and her daughter. We do terrible things. So we, what do you tell your fam after? Like, good news, my, I got a break. I'm in this movie, but I was. You exci- might not want to see it. Well, I don't know. I was excited. The the I just studied with Sanford Meiser, and oh, it was a part. It was a part. I got yeah, a part to acting. break into any part at all. It was the first thing I'd ever gone up for. Wow. So it was like a, a miracle, the, the, the greatest miracle to me, and playing a part that was unlike me. I thought I was characterizing and going to practice my acting. So I was thrilled about it. Yeah. That yeah. movie, which they finally remade, which had been dying to rema- be remade forever, it was such a great idea. The, guy, the, the idea of yeah. the movie? Don't just like it is. Guy, normal guy. Yes. Something horrible happens to his family and yes. he becomes a vigilante. You like that idea? That's a great idea. What do you like about that idea? I just like it. Well, it did did well the first time, but he's yeah. it didn't do as well the second time. I just like the principle behind it of somebody kind of snapping you, you and looking for their own version of justice. Really? You're not you're you don't seem to like it as much. No, of course not. Not in real life as a, no, as not, a I meant as, as a, a movie, not as a real yes, life. Yes, yes, as yeah. a movie. Yeah, it's an idea that appeals to a lot of people who felt frightened. Yeah. And uh and they want to do something uh, violent to uh, to keep themselves safe, as we know in today's world. A lot of many people feel at risk. Uh, but we, I, I believe, me, Jeff Goldblum, I believe, uh, uh, and I, I hope I don't offend anybody, that in the long arc that I hope 100 years from now or even sooner, we say people were doing what? Yeah. They were, they had these things called guns, Mm. and nuclear weapons that they could do away with everybody in a second. And uh, before we decommissioned all that technology and melted them down and made sculptures and lovely little things that you could watch, people were actually resolving their conflicts, not by conversation and lively, vibrant conversation and disagreement, but they were hurting each other and killing each other. Even when the, 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 the wisdom literature tells us it's one of the commandments, that's one of the things you don't want to do. Don't kill anybody. So why why are there even these things, yes, that you can resort to when we get mad, of course, yes. So you're saying Death Wish isn't going to age well? Hey, I'm not. I'm talking about something else <laughs> no, entirely. Besides I'm the commercial no, legs of a movie, of a of a stupid little movie, <laughs> you know. Who I wonder. Hundred years from now, I wonder if people would be interacting. Everybody just might be in their own little. Well, that's House another, or apartment or condo, and just like a whole other texting subject. and emailing each other, and well, that's it. We don't know. The technology has—I'm no expert, but it's—it's it's so erupted, and we don't know what it's going to do to the culture. Um, me, I hope that we can use it in a way to allow ourselves to make deeper, more intimate, personal connections with, with each other. And one of the vehicles for that through, through the ages has been uh, storytelling and telling each other in person and by way of the movies or however we do it, uh, s- stories where we pretend things sometimes. We go, hey, let's imagine that, but I don't know, what if this happened? We act out things. That's kind of, that's kind of nice, primitive. Well, you're the but- mayor of Hollywood. You can make this happen. 
I'm nothing. Just tell, just tell you, tell the people that work under you to just get it, get the laws passed. <laughs> There's no nobody. What laws? <laughs> Do you have an office? Keep acting, going. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just on my own here. How about Starsky and Hutch, 1977? Hey, now that was you're a great show. Gas, thank you very much. I love that show. Uh, the great David Soul and Paul, Paul Michael, Michael Glazer. Glazer. Unbelievable car. I might have had the oh. toy little tiny replica of it. I as a want kid. a muscle car now. I mean, I've never had a fun car in my life. I'm driving a Prius now, and that's the correct car. My friend Ed Begley told me to get that. My wife has a, a Tesla now, uh, and I'm thinking of getting a new car. There's a little space left in my garage which is not going to fit, you know, the Dodge Challenger or yeah. something in orange with a stripe or something. But I'd kind of like that. I should go off the grid and get, the get Starsky a and Hutch car. Leaf or a Bolt or another Tesla, but it's maybe too small. Well, and what was that car? Is that a Dodge Challenger or something like that? I can't remember. I don't know. Yeah, I'd like- I, I, th- I like the paint job. I don't even remember what car it was well, that, as a You kid. and I, that's me. All I really care about, I don't. I know, I know nothing about cars. All I really care about in a car is the color. Yeah. So I've How been looking look? at those Mini Coopers and I go, gee, I want one of those little, those cute little colors. What about uh, Annie Hall? You had one line. Annie Hall, I said, you know what it is? Uh, maybe you researched it. Did, would you have known had you not researched it? I haven't seen that movie in a while. Oh, okay. So nobody knows. Okay, here. I say in that movie, I forgot my mantra. Woody Allen, Alvy Singer visits uh, Hollywood and there's a Los Angeles party and some guy on the phone, he passes with Paul Simon and uh, he's visiting Paul Simon's house and, and uh, Diane Keaton, uh, his girlfriend. And, and he passes me and I'm on the phone and I say, I, I, I forgot my mantra. Uh, you know, that's the line. That's it. How big of a deal was it to get a Woody Allen, even a line in a Woody Allen movie in 1977? Because Annie Hall was the one that blew him up, but he was already big anyway. Oh, sure he was, but it changed a lot. I think it changed some some things in movies and for his career, it was a, a landmark. I do believe, I don't know if he sees it that way, but um, it was a big deal for me. Like I say, I'd started in 73. This was actually in 75-ish. Yeah. So it was only a few movies in. It was my third movie after... Death Wish, I did California Split and Nashville, these two that I miraculously yeah. landed with uh, Robert Altman, spectacular director. And then I met Woody Allen on this, and he said, yeah, I'll you know, come on and do this thing. Who was more me. happy for you, Starsky or Hutch? <laughs> happy for me. That was after. <laughs> Starsky and Hutch was after I moved right. here. But how about how Well, about this the, next movie uh, was a movie my parents took me to in the theater and probably shouldn't have. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, 1978. A, yeah. a really good idea and a movie that has shockingly held up well. Well, thank you very much. I I, I haven't seen it in a while, but I, I'll bet it, it it is nice because Philip Kaufman, a wonderful director uh, who directed The Right Stuff, I had a little part in that, yeah. uh, directed that. Michael Chapman, who was the cinematographer on Raging Bull, speaking of which, was the great cinematographer. Oh, it's got lovely things in it. And, and uh, of course, uh, Donald Sutherland is in it. And- Do you know that premise, Tommy? Pods are taking over people. If you fall asleep, you turn into a pod and get replaced by the pod. So the whole goal for the last hour of the movie is don't fall asleep. Yeah. But obviously human beings have to sleep. Yes. It's kind of uh, terrifying. It's terrifying. And of course, people have attached, um, you know, know, symbols to it. It, 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 Imagine that it's a symbol for other things. Uh, many other Jeff's uh, character falls asleep and becomes a bad guy. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't have no, fallen asleep. I do. Oh, do I? Yes, I yeah, do. You did. Yeah, I do. You shouldn't have fallen asleep. You blew well, it. they take you over. These pod people take, <laughs> take you over. You got to sleep at some point, but I think it's a, now that I, on the, now I'm thinking out loud right now. I think it's a metaphor for any of us 
in our modern world to fall below a level of awareness, mm. attention, wakefulness, uh, and then we become, if we do, if we lose touch with reality, the facts of reality, and a certain alertness, we might become an other, a kind of unrecognizable, soulless type, you know? That's how I felt the last two years at ESPN when I was there. Really? No, it's, it's a little <laughs> bit, a tiny bit. The Right Stuff, another one that sold up well. Yeah, Same director? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so Big Chill, 83. This is your big break. I, is it? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm asking you. I don't. I don't know about that. I mean, it. It was a continuum along the way. Of it was a. It. It got attention. It, well, maybe it, it didn't feel like it was the big break as yeah. it was happening, but in retrospect, you have this awesome director. It becomes this iconic movie. Belongs to a generation. Like it's my mom's probably yeah. one of her top three favorite movies. No kidding. Because it's like her generation. Yeah. It's like grandma, we went to college. Yeah. We're going to save the world, and then ten yes. years passed, and it's like, right. hey, let's make some money now. Well, and that was like the existential dilemma of yeah, the it's baby like boomers. When you get older, do you lose your idealism? We're looking right now at these wonderful kids from who are who are protesting in union uh, uh, and are on the right side of history, of course. And uh, at, at, and what will we be like when we get older? Are we that brave? Are we that idealistic? Uh, I don't know. I love that movie because. I have like probably like 20 to 25 go-to movies. The thing I love about that movie is it's it's about friendship. And one of the one of the big themes in it is these people are like almost like become family. And they're your friends, mm. but they're really not in your life after a certain point. Yeah. And like William Hurt's character, he at one yeah. point he's like, Man, you guys, you've seen you twice a year. Yeah. And like he does that whole speech you where- You don't know me, yeah. Yeah, you don't know me. And yeah. it cuts deep, but at the same time, like they feel like they do know him. That's like their brother. Yes. And it's so painful, but it's like, that's what life's like. You feel like somebody's your best friend and then you don't talk to them for two years. Yeah, that's right. You still even, love them though. Even members of your own family. Yeah. Sometimes you go, geez, we're family, but I we've drifted apart or this and that. Yeah, it's 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 a classic. It's like the Godfather too. Right. You know, oh my gosh. I mean that's they're a, that's a, the ultimate family movie. They're connected by blood in a very strong way, but they wind up killing he winds up killing Fredo. Okay. Oh my god. Still can't get over it. Oh my God. Well in Godfather three he of course he becomes, you know, Epileptic yeah, he's over the whole thing, back. psychically epileptic. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. And then visited upon him is the death of his own daughter in front of his eyes. And he screams silently like the painting. The camera coming back. Yes. Ay, those Corleones. The uh when you filmed the big chill, they they had everybody come like three weeks early or two weeks early, and you guys all hung out. Really sounds like it was a special experience. It was very like special. I don't I don't know. It doesn't seem like movies unfold that way very often. Where it's, it's like no, it's, you're connecting with all the people and then you yeah. act in the movie after. It's rare. Yeah. No. Um. We did it like a play. You do that when you do plays. Yeah. We, but we rehearsed that for more than two weeks. I think for four weeks or something. Uh, we got together and talked and bonded ourselves together intentionally and and worked out the stuff in the movie, yeah, and became quite close and was very palsy and warm and delicious. And then we all went to Beaufort, South Carolina, where they filmed The Great Santini in that oh, same wow. house yeah. with Duval. That's right. And um, yeah, and we lived there. We lived all in a complex. They're all together. 
And after filming, we would get together, play charades and play games and sing and dance. Yeah, it was great. No sequel. Uh, no, no. I don't, I don't know if the. I don't know what a sequel would be for that movie. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I like how it just ends at the kitchen table and then. Yes, it's yes, it's, it's um, fine and dandy. So that opened up after that. Now you're rolling. Well, I don't know about that, but but now um, you're rolling now. At okay. That point. Well, you're you're getting to pick projects now that you want to do, and well, I don't know. No, here and there. Wrong? Sure. It was nice. It was nice. I'm sure it was helpful. You know, I've never been careerist, is what you're talking about, and so I don't yeah, know. But you if love I even, acting. It might, I love it acting. It must be nice to be like, oh, now I have a chance to do this project. That yes, I don't have as a that's chance. come more and more as I've gone on, and not at any one landmark point really is the answer. But as that has come, yeah, I feel better now than ever, and luckier, and um, and am enjoying acting more purely. And in a relaxed fashion than ever, and feel that I'm on the brink of my best stuff. In fact, Silverado, yes, people feel like is one of the lost, really good '80s movies. Really, I don't know. Good. Well, That's what you said think. it. I don't no. know. <laughs> are you are you just running up the flagpole? See what I'll say? No. I, yeah, I think a lot of people do like that movie. Of course, um, yeah. we're doing weird association with your movies. Yeah, okay. I'm just trying to set you up. Oh, yeah. Well, you're starting the association. You're throwing me off because you're starting me on the association. You're like, here, drive the car away. And I'll drive for the first block. <laughs> now, just take my wheel whenever you want. No, let me drive it. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a lovely movie, of course. And I have a big fur coat in that movie. And Lee You play Winfrey. Slick Calvin Stanhope. Slick Calvin Stanhope. That's a great character name. That's right. And I got a, a dagger up my boot. And I've got a derringer up my sleeve. And sweet Danny Glover and I get to tangling at the end of that movie. Uh, he does me in. So know. Costner's in that, and he sure he's is. about to become a mammoth star. Could you see that? As you, like when you're doing a movie like that, are you looking around going, oh, that guy's somebody. That guy's, something's happening to this guy. So you're asking questions that have the sensibility of careerism to them. And I'm so telling you- So you don't like the careerism stuff? It's not that I don't like it. I've never been focused on it. So the answer to the last question is no. I don't go around usually saying, hey, as if I'm smoking a cigar. I'm not the cigar. I'm. That's the other but side of the But don't you notice court. like- Wow, that guy's yeah. a really good actor. That's, yes. I can get excited about and say, wow, geez, very sparkling. Wow, very who delicious. is this guy? Who is this guy? I don't know that if I, I don't know that I immediately start thinking, oh boy. Well, I bet good things are going to happen to him. Good things. See, that's future. the writer in me. You know, that, that's, uh, you're, you're another kind of, you've got a different kind of talent than I. I don't, I don't know if I have that talent. I don't even know if it's a talent. Oh, sure it is. Look at you. But isn't there a competitiveness? Like when you're on a set like that and you got people, you're all the same age or especially uh, when you're younger. I mean, they're, they're friends, but at the same time, yeah. they're going to be rivals for future parts and stuff. Mm. You didn't feel. I, I get. I guess if you choose to, if you choose to think that way, you're down a route that's all, that's going to get even more, even more radical. See, this in that is way. why you're and the you mayor will, of Hollywood, and you will drive yourself self nuts because it's unhealthy. Right. Whereas, you know, read the play Death of a Salesman. I think uh, I biff. I think happy, happy, the, the 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 misguided and confused son who doesn't even know he's confused, who's suffering from a classic American disease syndrome, says, you know, I think one of my troubles is I have an overdeveloped sense of competition. 
And we see that his dad, who is who has visited that upon him, and who he has had not, and who happy has not had the sensitivity and intelligence like Biff to resist. Uh, is doomed in a tragic way, and so is Happy. It's only Biff that gets out of it. Uh, I myself have tried to... I'm not unfamiliar with that, the temptation to feel like that here and there, but I myself have always been an active aspirant to toward its antidote. Stay involved with what you love to do and be the best of yourself and find yourself for the sheer joy of work. And forget this game and rat race. It's only going Let to- Let me flip it around. It's only going to be dismal. When you're in the big- You must learn one thing when you're in every movie, right? Learn like one thing when you're- One thing that's going to help you going forward. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a humble student. So I'm always you learn eager from, to sponge What did you learn from any, Big Chill? What did I learn? Well, I'll What did you, you take away from that movie? I'm like, I'm going to use this. Okay, listen to this. I don't know about acting. I'm always trying to get better at acting, and maybe I learned a thing or two. But- um, but Joe Beth Williams, who was wonderful in that movie, one of these nights to which I referred, um, where we were playing charades, mm. saw me before the uh, my turn, kind of fishing ar- around like a scallywag of some kind in the bowl and kind of trying to take a peek. You're cheating. The titles. I was cheating, but I thought it was kind of cute. Low stakes cheating. Huh? It's Low cheating. stakes cheating. It's what? Low stakes cheating. Low stakes cheating. Yeah. Yes. Well, I didn't even know that phrase, but it's a kind of, yes. I, I just created I, it. I thought of, it's very good. I thought of it, yes, as low stakes, and this is just for fun, and aren't I kind of cute and charming that I'm kind of trying to get a sneaky leg up? She became red with fury. She's an honorable in, person, Joe Beth Williams. She's noble and honorable and wonderful and decent. And in front of everybody said, Jeff Goldblum. And I, I, don't, I don't remember the exact words, but she read me the riot act and say, says, shame on you. Look what you're doing. Don't, how, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I was stricken with shame. From that point on, I can say that it kind of shifted my paradigm. I never cheated again, I don't think. It became so shameful to me. I think it cured me. She cured me in that moment. single-handedly. It was like she baptized you. I guess I was ready. Yeah, I guess I was ready for it. But somehow, that uh, yeah, no, any game I play, you know, and hopefully in life too, in some of the more complicated ways in which we can be dishonest or, or cheat in ways, but certainly in any game, I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't tell, I don't want to know any, anything about it. This is a, it really taints the victory. Can I still cheat at, at low stakes things? Like you can do anything you okay, want. Good. Everybody's on their own, right on schedule on their own My timeline. Wife, and if it still works for you, if it's still fine for you, it maybe is okay. <laughs> I played Scrabble with my wife once and my dad. And I actually thought it was a blank tile, but it was turned the wrong way. And they and then two other blank tiles came out, and I had used a blank tile that really was like an eye underneath it. And they're still making fun of me about this, like twenty years later. But that you I didn't cheated. know, or you cheated. You knew, and you cheated. I don't think I knew. I but believe me, I would have cheated at Scrabble. But right. in this case, I didn't know, so yeah. I had plausible deniability. Yes. Yeah. Well, 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 I'm glad she taught you that because plausible deniability. But you know, that's a form of, of low grade cheating too. You low, have to low stakes cheating. Yes, turn that tile over in Scrabble. <laughs> if you're playing, turn it. If you think it's a, a blank, make sure you turn it over. As yeah. many times as you need to to make sure I really have a blank one, because ignorance, she ignorance of the law is not a defense. That's amazing. She cured you. Amazing. I'll be in, indebted to her forever. You did into the night. Yes. You caught 
cut Pfeiffer pretty pretty early there, right? No, it yeah, was Pfeiffer. quite early. Yeah, she had done Grease Two. She had a little Scarface, and I think had she just done Scarface. Scarface was, was like Scarface? a year or so before. Ah, well, was that Scorsese? Scarface is not no, Scorsese. No. Who did Into the Night? No, John Landis is that Into John the Night. John Landis, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, What'd you learn from that one? Well, Michelle Pfeiffer is wonderful, and we went on to do. Uh, Prince of Egypt, another voice thing together. And we went on to do a play in Central Park, a Shakespeare version, a Shakespeare play, Twelfth Night. Um, I think the world of her and continue to be a huge fan. Um, she's a she's my favorite actress, and it's a running joke with with uh, the Ringer staff, with some of the people I've worked with. I just think she can do no wrong. Oh, she's fantastic. I don't think I could do a podcast with her. I would, it would, I would be too- uh, Really? I'd be too, too. I don't know, I'd be too discombobulated. She's absolutely wonderful. I just saw her in Mother. She's, uh, she's oh, very, what'd you think of that her. movie? Well, we'll talk all it's about that. It's super weird, right? We're going to talk all about that later. Yeah, I thought it was very provocative and I was riveted to it. And there's much so to say polarizing. about it. Much to say about it, yeah. But wait, what was I going to say? I was going to say something about, just a second. And I was well, gonna say, something but, you learned from her? Yeah, or oh, oh, I know. Something I learned from Into the Night. Yeah. We just made, I saw it again recently because I was going to do a, a whole video, DVD, extra material, you know, not commentary, but a little interview mm. about it that would be included on the Blu-ray DVD, which I think just came out. I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know how they cut it down. But on the in the interview, I talked a lot about, and I hope it's there because I liked it, about seeing it now, seeing it recently and realizing all the ways I would change my performance. Oh, that's interesting. And every way I would act differently now. You mean yep. like you would scale it up, scale it down? Uh, it's complicated. It went on for, I talked a lot about it. I don't know that I could s- summarize it right now, but see, see, maybe it's not, they didn't include it. Maybe it was too boring to include an inside baseball, but, but I'm, I, I, I want to watch that to see if they included it. Give me the one sentence quick notes. What well, would you let have done see. differently? I think I said, oh, my interpretation. I think, I think I would have interpreted it differently. Interpreted different. That's your. That's not face. me. I for a second I was scared. I left my phone me. on, but that's you. The um, the uh, you always turn your phone off in the theater, don't you? When I you go to a play, the, I do. Yeah, yeah, that's good. No, it's the FaceTime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. congratulations! My What's that mean? Somebody's me. somebody's calling you on. You FaceTime? don't do FaceTime? Oh, because your kids aren't old enough yet. You're young. Kids. They're on no screen time whatsoever. I do Instagram, so I post some things on Instagram, and then I look sort of compulsively, pathetically at hashtag Jeff Goldblum to see what people are posting. Are people nice? Very nice. They're very nice. And they post fun old pictures of me and uh, from things that I like to see sometimes and pic- and pictures that they've drawn of me and tattoos that they've gotten of me on themselves. What was your most regrettable hairdo from the past? Hairdo. You must have had one bad one from the Ooh. 70s or 80s, right? Oh, yeah. I've done, I've swung wildly in horrible style directions and-, and I mean, I their hair now looks magnificent. Well, thank Look you very that. much. Thank you. Well, it's you really, have classic. That no, is- I mean, that yours, is, yours is like- Yours is like classic. Yours like, looks like George Clooney. Up. It's really? Oh, really? Wait <laughs> a nice. minute. It looks like there's a lot of product in there, but okay, I don't think there so is. Okay, so this is one of these- It starts as a compliment. This hey, well, is like It me. is a compliment. When I say, Look hey, nice that's a lovely is. sweater, I really mean sometimes, oh my gosh, I have to I'm mention it because it's so god-awful. It, really? But wait, it, you wanted to say it's all pushed up no, and it's got it's, a lot of product? I like how it's sitting up and it's it seems like there's product in it, but I don't think there is. Like I think my, it's just like a natural- 
Yeah. Natural like fluff upwards. Okay. Well, it's if impressive. you like it, if you like it, I just came as I told you from the from filming that show, The Talk. Right. So I had a, a hair person. I'm not going to. I'm not. There's nothing that I need to hide from you. She did a wonderful job. Yeah, it's a uh, 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 David Cox uh, did it, and he did. He even filled in. Look at this. My see my sideburns. I've got a kind of a very. Oh, kind he did of, a little shadow in the sideburns. Yeah, I've got an affected. Yes, I've got an affected sort of very but very planned stubble, a length of stubble that I like mm. that we both like that he recommended, and he sort of groomed it a little bit to outline this sideburn, yeah. which he then darkened a little bit. So it's all darkened. So it looks like my mustache, which is actually dark. Yeah. This is the actual fit, but it sort of matches that. I kind of like it, even though I'm uh, conceptually opposed to hair dye much or or any kind of, you know, any kind of uh, interference or mutilation. The Fly 86, which was on cable for a long time, but you went all in on that one. The fly? Yeah. What do you mean all in? It was grueling. You, you didn't have clothes on for a lot of it. Uh, some of it. I mean, that true. was like a commitment, that movie. It sure was, yeah. Well, I've always been committed to it was my a good acting. Idea. It was a good idea. It was a good idea for a movie. Again, with you with a good idea. I know. I just you like really it. Have I respect ideas. You have a producer's sensibility. You know what? Good idea for a movie. Hey, this kid's going far. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Are you sure you don't smoke cigars? I you will should. if you want me to. I'm going to send you a case of Maybe cigars it's his office. after this. Maybe this is Frank Capra's office. Maybe yeah, it makes me This was Frank go. Capra's office? Apparently. You've got to be kidding. We had Paul Thomas Anderson a couple months ago, and he was I love Paul pretty Thomas adamant. Anderson. Yeah. He's pretty adamant that this is Frank Capra's. I love him. He's uh, the master was my favorite movie that year, and there will be blood and oh, hair and yeah. vice, and he's, he's, geez, unbelievable. he's fantastic. So you, oh, Frank Capra, this was his audience. This was his office. It seems like it was. So it's a wonderful life. I know. In like the in like the thirties, this was his office. Oh apparently. my golly! I know. So what that's why he, you have. That's why you're the mayor of Hollywood has so much energy right now. Well, I in don't the, believe in. in the, in I the don't, old Frank Capra grounds. Yeah, I don't believe in that stuff. You know, the leftover Leftover energy? No, I don't. Nope, uh, I don't. Um, Maybe he'd like tucked like one little piece of huh? good karma somewhere in these walls. Who piece knows? of karma? You acted- I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're a funny mix of uh, a producer and- uh, you're And like, a crazy person. You're like King Vidor and uh, and uh, Swami Satchidananda, I think. Uh, In the, the fly, mix. you acted with your, your then girlfriend. Yes, Gene yes. Davis. Yeah, what's my, it like to do a wife, movie? With, yeah, what's married. it like to do a movie with somebody you're dating? Well, it was uh, delightful at the time. She's a wonderful woman and a wonderful actress, and we got to rehearse all the time obsessively. Uh, uh, you know, before it started. But all how that. do you keep like the relationship stuff out of like the work we're doing a movie together stuff? How does it overlap? Well, yeah, it didn't need to in this case. All the you, you know, it was a very it's a it's a movie about two people having a very strong connection and then a tragic. And then the know, guy's turning into a fly. So yes. that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. But usually for relationships can, yeah. can undermine them in some ways when if somebody's turn turning into a, into a bug. Yeah. Yes. Good become, idea for a movie. Don't you think so? <laughs> Good idea for yeah. a movie. Yeah. Where's my cigar? <laughs> you know, this is what I do with my, with, with, with Charlie. We have a couple of leather chairs in the, uh, in the living room. And when he sits on one and I sit on the other one, I say, Charlie, let's have brandy and cigars. And I go, and then I give, and then I put it in front of him and he goes, and I give him, then I give him some brandy, you know, but I'll pretend we we pretend. He doesn't know what either of those are yet, but we're pretending. You did the player with Altman second time. 
play. Altman's like the player. The player. And yes. uh, we did Altman's four movies like, together. Yeah, he's always in, mentioned in the conversation of best ever, one of the best ever. What made him special in your opinion? There's a Robert Altman Award. I think the, one of the Independent Spirit Awards yeah. is the Robert Altman Award. Uh, oh, he was fantastic. We did California Split together and Nashville and the player. Uh, was he one of those like solicit your opinion? Was he a multiple take guy? Was he a one take guy? Was he a lot of prep before? What kind of director was he? No, he was a, he's a real artist. He was a real artist and kept um, kept evolving. And like Miles Davis, you know, kept changing his wave of making movies and made different kinds of movies, uh, d- directed plays at some point, did movies that were true to the lines did, uh, of the play that he was adapting. Um Oh, I did Beyond Therapy with him too. We did four movies together. Yeah. The um uh it's but but famously early on he was very improvisational and would take the script as a kind of a blueprint. He did that in Nashville and California Split and uh very minimal, didn't like to rehearse much. In so you could be doing a scene with somebody and you'd be having coffee and you just try it eight different ways and he would just be curious to see which one worked. Something like that. He was visionary, but was a kind of a master host and and guide hmm. and his sensibility was very strong his sense of humor was strong and 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 he was very trustful uh, to to the original part of your question yeah and so you felt really that he was he was collaborating with you and and that you had something to offer and that you're going to hate this question you. i am what uh, okay. would you rather work with that type of director or the type of director is like you're doing this do it this way and it's going and you're just kind of fulfilling the you spot know, of the that's job. a very good guy. I like that question. Oh, good. Because you liked I, one of my questions. Because I'm a kind of a I like all your questions. Thank I'm you. I'm a kind of a craft geek, you know. I, I studied with good people, Sandy Meisner, early on. I liked the classroom, and then I taught for a couple of decades. So how you do things is of interest to me. And in the classroom, I would say to people, as I say to myself now, that you have to know how to do some different things and be able to work with different Explore people. the studio space. A little bit. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, with the scene. Oh, okay. Explore the studio space. You have a dancer's kind yeah, of, thank you. Uh, thank you, you know, <laughs> mentality too. You should see him moving around in here. Yes, yes. Explore the space. I think. Yeah. The um. But but here's what I like to do. I like to be able to do a play. Uh, for the David Mamet play, which I've done, and all sorts of plays where you have to say every single line exactly the way it is, mm. including the dot, dot, dots, which mean you take a pause there and you have to make it seem like you're improvising it. And on stage, you have to hit that light, you know, sometimes. And sometimes when you work with a great cinematographer like Gordon Willis, who did uh, Annie Hall, they go, here, this way you're in the light and this inch back this way you're not in the light so do this and in fact look over that way so you're physically oh, constrained shit. too and you got to say all this be stuff so hard. uh it's kind of demanding and challenging but i like it i like all that being able to sort of behave and do my pretending uh in a space and in a you know in a sort you know with sort with constraints and demands and make it seem free and uh, like a spontaneous uh, lively affair at the same time i like to do the other thing where i let go like taika waititi who directed uh, thor ragnarok uh we improvised a lot of that we made up lines and we did, did all kind of st- stuff in that and i love doing that too so i like doing both of them would you agree you- that there are some actors out there that just fucking love it Cause love, like Pacino, I was talking to Brian Koppelman who did Ocean's Thirteen. He d- he does billions, 
And he was saying they did this, they're doing Ocean's 13 with Pacino and they finish whatever the scene was and, he, and Soderbergh's directing and he's like, hey, Steven, let me do one more take just for me. There's no reason for it. He just really wanted to do one more and try a different thing and experiment yes. with it, even though yes. he was done for the scene and he yes. just could have gone back to his trailer. Yes, of course. That's the way I've always. That's I admire him because of that. He's he's a model for me. And from the very start of how getting into this, I did it for the sheer joy and fun and adventure and romantic excitement of creative excitement of doing it. I didn't care what happened out of that. I had no idea out of that. And yes, of course, you're doing it for the pleasure. And the people I work with now, this Wes Anderson, who's a genius director, yep. he does you know, many takes. And then he says, well, I think I got it. I, I, I've got everything I want. Now let's do, let's do one just for pleasure. And he does that too, because it's so delicious to act. It's such a rare privilege, and a, and uh, it's just uh, fantastic. You don't have to say who, but have you worked with a director that's one of those, I'm going to do so many takes, you're going to wear down until I get you to the point I want to get you to? No. Because there are directors out there who do that, right? They'll yeah. do like 100 takes. I guess, but even the ones I've heard of, I mean, Wes Anderson on Grand Budapest Hotel did a lot of takes, but because he had very kind of, he's a perfectionist and he wanted to kind of tweak it and still play around. He loves actors and working with him is a delicious kind of experience, but he wanted to keep playing around and moving in the space, exploring yeah. the space. Uh, and, Get into uh, the arms. Yeah, okay, yeah, exploring <laughs> the space. And... uh and until he was uh, felt he'd had what he envisioned and until his appetite was satisfied. So, yes, like that. But and but no, I've never had the other kind who went like, hey, Jeff is too, I got to relax him or I got to get him into a different condition by just wearing him out. No, I never had that, I don't think. But actor, but directors that I've heard like that, I've been watching recently a lot of interviews about Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. Um, who apparently He's did having a like a weird of, renaissance now all of a sudden. Is he? Yeah, there's a big book that came out about him. And- oh, there's a lot of YouTube conspiracy documentaries about him these days. Mm, I'm fascinated by him, and I love uh, his movies. Uh, but he did famously a lot of takes. I never worked with him, but yeah. uh, I'm not sure why he did them. And uh, but but um, geez, uh, sounds good to me. You did Jurassic Park in '93, which became yeah. one of the biggest movies ever. Yeah. Did you think that was going to happen when you made it? Well, <laughs> like this is going to be. Well, because it was a call huge. My friend book. Bill Simmons. I'm yeah, Bill. I'm in the biggest movie ever. This is going to be the biggest movie ever. No, what do you think of that? But yeah. that was like a life-altering. I mean, the amount of people that saw that movie, but yeah. it was based on a big book, and Spielberg's directing it. Yeah. So you had to know it was going to be. Yeah. A blockbuster. Yeah. Life. Life. Which you hadn't really picked movies like that before. I was very lucky to be in that movie. I loved working with Steven Spielberg. It was a very wonderful, creative experience with him. He's terrific. And working with him was very nourishing and nurturing. I like that. Yes, I think if I gave myself a, ch- a, a, a moment to think that, yes, this book is popular, but I loved the book. I loved the character in the book by Michael Crichton. Um Dinosaurs, if they do what it sounds like they're doing, they're going to make technology to bring them to people in a way they haven't seen. Gee, this might be a catch on. But it wasn't, you know, even a couple of decades ago, it wasn't like it is now where everybody is indoctrinated with your favorite uh, (laughs) um, 
um, uh, consideration, which is how is this, you know, this I mean, is, how's this going to alter our lives and what's yeah, the, but, that must uh, alter, but you became the Jurassic Park uh, guy to probably a whole new group of people. It's been very like, fun. That guy. It's been very fun. No, not, I'm not pointing on the, I'm just pointing yeah, people yeah, saying yeah. like Jurassic Park. Yeah. I like it's, it's fun to be recognized and people make drawings of you and that's awful fun. And I'm in this next one, Jurassic world and people are excited about that. Yeah. It's terrific that it caught on so widely and intensely, you know, for a lot of people. Now the and, special effects are better. And now the special effects are better. Yeah, twenty five years later, we yeah. we can really make it seem like these dinosaurs are coming after you. I'll bet they can. In the old days, it was a lot of like the characters staring up. Well, that's how like we did way. it. Yeah, I you mean, know, it was. But they still have to do that. I was on the set and watching Chris and Bryce look at you know a tennis ball, and then later they're going to put in things, you know. But early on, we did some of that. Stan Winston did the puppetry, so we had real dinosaurs there that we could look at. But Dennis Murin did the award-winning uh, CGI stuff that he was pioneering. But yeah, I'll bet they keep improving all of that stuff. But I, I'm a particular fan too, and I can't wait to see what J. A. Bayona does with uh, the special effects and that whole movie. But uh, I'm I'm a fan of uh, Wes Anderson's uh, um, work in Isle of Dogs, where it's um, no CGI. It's all stop motion animation. Really? Which is kind of a throwback to Ray Harryhausen and Jason the Argonauts and all that stuff. Um, Yes, it's very- What do you think made him want to do that? Well, he did it before with Fantastic Mr. Fox. This is another kind of uh, miles ahead version of it. Um, It's it's a very artful, beautiful- um, a uh, gorgeous uh, art form, and he's a master. And this is a masterpiece. Wait till you see it. You'll, you'll see. When does it, it come out? Uh, it's out as of this last week uh, in a few theaters, but then it's coming out more it's widely. Big wide release. Yeah, there's a big wide release rolling out, as they say here and there. Look to your local uh, papers and theaters to see when. But pretty soon it's going to be everywhere around. But uh, the Isle of Dogs, yeah, Isle of Dogs. It's called. It's fantastic. You know the cast in Isle of Dogs? It's loaded. Low, but people low. love doing Wes Anderson movies. It seems like he can kind of they sure do pick who he wants. I, I believe on this, he, the story goes that all his first choices, you yeah, know, were, were, did, did it. You know, he just offers. You get the call from Wes Anderson. You're like, I'll be there with yeah, that. Bill Murray and Ed Norton and Brian Cranston and yeah. Bob Alaban and Liev Schreiber, Harvey Keitel, Jesus, to Scarlett Johansson, Tilda Swinton, uh, Greta Gerwig, Francis McDormand, Yoko Ono, Yoko um, Ono, yes, Courtney B. Vance, yes, yes, uh, um, many people, all all sorts of people. What'd you learn from Spielberg? Well, Mr. Spielberg is, is is quite brilliant. Well, he's wildly prepared, but when he comes to the set, having been prepared, he's present in the moment and improvisational. It's kind of a dual combo platter, you know, that allows him to be so alive and vibrant and uh, imaginative on the set and on the spot and working with you. But I think it's because he's had that camera in his hand since he was a kid. And it's like, uh, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a second, second nature to him. Uh, and, uh, he's just great. Last day of the movie shoot, is he a handshake guy? Is he a one second hug guy or is he like a five second hug guy? Let me see. As he's saying goodbye to you. And he's thanking you for being in the movie. He's wonderfully warm. Um, Not only did we, I think, hug for at least five seconds, as I remember. Because you seem like a five-second hugger. Oh, yeah, I'll go on. You'll you'll dole him out. Oh, I'll dole him out? Yeah, you'll, you'll, yeah, you'll. 
<laughs> to deserving parties. I like, I'm a people person and I people like person. human contact of all kinds. Yes, I but do. But like Stanley Kubrick, probably short handshake. Maybe I even not know. a handshake. I just, well, listen to this. I just saw, I, I, was, I watched Eyes Wide Shut again, his last movie. It's and such a fucking weird, great movie. I yeah, love that movie. Very provocative movie. And I just saw all sorts of... Uh, interviews about it, analysis of it. And I just saw an interview with Tom Cruise about it. And he described saying goodbye to him after a year or two. Or yeah, it was like two years. Two years, however long they were working on the movie. He said, I said to him, and he got tearful because now Stanley Kubrick had, had died. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, Tom Cruise was recalling all of this. It was almost my favorite thing that I'd ever seen Tom Cruise talk about. He said, um, at the end of this, I said, well... It's the last day, and he he said, "I dreaded it, and I I was uh, because I didn't want to say goodbye to Stanley, but I I looked forward to it because I had enough of Doctor Bill." And um, <clears throat> and he says, "After the last shot, I looked at Stanley, and I we're by ourselves, and I said, well, Stanley, I just want to thank you and tell you how much I love you.'" And and he said, Stanley looked at me, and he said, "I love you too, Tom. Thank you very much." And and it was like that. It was a very moving. I'm shocked to hear it. that. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no, I'll bet Stanley Kubrick was a very wonderful, soulful, deeply intelligent, and and uh, rooted person. Yeah. When uh, you did Independence Day, yes. Will Smith was taken off. Do you feel like his career was no? <laughs> I had you for a second. You're like an agent. You could be an agent. You should get. You Did sure you say like, hey, for... this Will Smith guy's going places? Uh, you've got to get a job as, a, that, as an agent too. Yeah, um, maybe a side hustle. But that was a massive movie. I feel like the summer movie thing, yes. that was when summer movies became a thing that was now going to be in our lives for the rest of eternity. Like Speed had started in 94. I think Twister was the year after. Yeah. And then Independence Day, and it's like, this is now our life, where you're going to have these giant summer movies. No kidding. With lots of people in well, them. Well, I think Jaws was maybe one of the Jaws, first ones. Jaws started the initial wave. Started yeah. something. Yeah. Um, well, nothing's going to be for all of eternity, of course, as we know. You know, soon enough, people will be saying, what were those things called? Movies? People, they watched them. And, yeah. They sat in theaters with each other. Them. And that's when they had summer. That's when they released certain things. The you know, yeah. Everything's that's when, changing. That's when there was a summer. Yeah. That's when there was a summer. Now it's 110 degrees every day. Yeah, well, we hope we can stay around. Nobody will remember us or anything about, about this. So, you know, that that's how that goes. But uh, yeah, but Independence Day was a nice summery summer event that, that summer. It certainly was. Yeah. I feel like everybody in my life has seen that movie probably. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. It's it's like an under 30 really? kind of iconic yeah, ah. cable movie. Okay, good. Um, good news. More good news. Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Yes, sir. That's the one that I did. Was just that the before. first one with Wes Anderson? No, the first one with Wes Anderson was 13 years ago. Oh, the Steve Zissou. Life Aquatic yeah. with Steve Zissou, starring Bill Murray and Kate Blanchett and. And um, Angelica Houston. Had you worked with Bill Murray before? Um, no, I had not. No, that was the the first time, and uh, he was uh, amazing, amazing. And then well, we, how did your energies vibe? Just out of curiosity, because I always heard he was an eccentric kind of could go in any direction kind of guy. I love him. He's always keeps you on your toes, and he's um, s surprising and. 
interesting and wondrous and wonderful. He's just always like that. You can see, I just saw, because uh, it was, we did a whole bunch of Isle of Dogs publicity and they paired me and Bill and Bob Alaban together. Ah. It's not a pair anymore. It's a troika of some kind. Anyway, I just saw the first one on Instagram, uh, on YouTube somehow, of us sitting there for five minutes having a little conversation. Yeah, you'll see what our dynamic is like a, a little bit. Uh, Who's it, the funniest person you've been on a set with? Because you've had some classics, yeah. you've, but you've been with some funny people over the years. I sure have. Well, Bill Murray is spectacularly funny. Let's see. You did a movie with Eddie Murphy. You know who, huh? You did a movie with Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Murphy, Murphy is, of course, wonderfully funny. You know who I found very, very funny is Jason Schwartzman. Uh, Interesting. Yep. Jason Schwartzman is very funny. He... Uh, he he you know he he wrote this movie Isle of Dogs along with Roman Coppola uh with uh uh Wes Anderson and Kunichi Nimura and um and uh, he's very funny oh he's just he's, like funny in the room huh funny in the room funny in the room i'm not sure what that is i think that's a comedian's uh you, you, you know well there's certain uh, people like if there's 10 people around and certain people just have the need to entertain everybody yeah. Oh, I have all these people. I can. He doesn't have that. He does not have that. And sometimes that need, I sort of smell out and it turns off my funny bone. I don't really? want to be entertained. Yeah. I, I, you know, um, he's a deeply human person and he's unexpectedly funny sometimes. And he's not always funny and he's not always trying to be funny. Yeah. And I don't know if he ever wants to be funny necessarily in the in the way that you're talking about he's just happens to be surprising he's amusingly funny he's um yeah. yes yes so who haven't you funny. worked with that you've always wanted to work with at this point That's i mean you've we had that we talked about jeff goldblum game you've you're connected to almost everybody but like no. tom cruise you never worked with right i certainly haven't no no um I, I sure would like to work with uh, P.T. Anderson, who worked with Tom Cruise, thinks the world of him. You can see him on YouTube going on. About- well, you guys have shared a couch, so that's a good start. Mm. He was right there three months ago. You feel his, he left some energy, him and Frank Capra. You think so? Well, they left some energy for the I, podcast. Uh, okay, if you say so. But but, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, uh, so P.T. Anderson I'd love to work with, and the Coen brothers I've never worked with, and all sorts of people. Gee, I just did this movie called The Mountain um, uh, that Rick Alverson directed, wonderful director. He did a movie called Entertainment just before that. Uh, this is with me and and uh, Ty Sheridan, who stars in Ready Player One. Yeah, Speaking but I, of the next I heard he movie. was really good in that. He's fantastic. He was in a I Terry Malick movie early on and a Jeff Nichols movie, Joe and Mud. Um He's a he's twenty years old now. He's from Austin. He's a spectacular person and a spectacular actor. It's him and me and uh, Udo Kier, an actor whom we yeah some people may know. Oh yeah, and uh, Denis Levant, this French actor who's in some unusual arty movies. Who's in it? It's going to be an unusual movie. I'm excited about that. But uh, yeah. and you never worked with Pacino? Hmm? No Pacino. I've never worked. I've met him. De Niro. I've never. Well, Mr. De Niro and I had a scene. Together that we the movie was shelved. We rehearsed it for a moment. Uh, called Bogart slept here, but uh, no, we never worked together. All right. So what are you gonna what are you gonna learn in this incarnation of you as a dad with these two small kids? Well, what life lessons have you learned so far? That's a very good question. Well, you're a dad too. Yeah. Um, I'm earlier on in the process. I feel like it was so far away now. 
Having the two tiny kids again, I, I can't. It seems half. like it was a hundred years ago. Well, I'm so moved and touched. It opens up my heart, you know, and system. I think that's part of it. And I've learned how wonderful my wife is. If I didn't know it before, she was an athlete. But by the way, she was in the Olympics for Canada. She was a rhythmic gymnast. Seriously? Oh yeah, she was the Pan American champion that year. She was the best rhythmic gymnast. You married all- a Canadian Olympic rhythmic gymnast? Yes, I did. Amazing. And then she learned after her competition ended. She learned a Cirque du Soleil kind of aerial stuff, and that's what she does. Now and when I met her, she doubled Emma Stone for La La Land. She did that aerial dancing outside the the planetarium in that scene. Wow! She does stuff like that. Anyway, I've seen her in a different way since we've had kids. She's a deeply wonderful person and mother, and she's just fantastic. Um, I'm opened up in ways that I haven't been before. I was just oh, I know. Ugh. Yesterday I saw you. It's a far along before uh, long ago for you, but I saw the younger one, River Joe, take his first like step. Really, uh, yesterday he's been pulling himself up, right? And kind they of, want it to happen so bad. Yeah, yeah. Although I like this approach where you don't rush them or put them in a position where they they, they figure it out on their own. That's how they learn. You're not teaching them anything. But like this table right here, they'd be like, yeah. But he pulled. He put. And he's so excited, and he's so he makes these screeches. This morning they were singing together, or making these screeches together. The two kids that were just fantastic, thrilling. But yesterday when he started to like hold on with one hand and kind of. You know, do a little walking. I got choked up. Yeah. It's just, they're just fantastic, you know. I found this old computer I had with all these pictures from when my kids were tiny. And it honestly, I was like, oh my God. It's like, oh my God. And I dropped Charlie off at school today. And sometimes I, I drop him off. And sometimes, you know, the teacher says, you know, so you want to give uh, dad a hug? And yesterday he said, no, I'm okay. Cause he was already involved with, you know, but he's, he's, we're in a very good, he, we, we're, 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 we adore each other these days. Um, and I hope that continues. But today I dropped him off and he, um, and he, uh, said, okay, you want to give dad a hug? He was across the room. He ran, ran to me into my arms. We hugged for more than five seconds and yeah. I, I kissed him. And then, and then teacher Sarah said something else to me. He went back. And then before I left, he ran back and gave me a second hug. Oh. You know, I know this That's may great. sound boring. Or That's great when they modeling. unconditionally love you. It was just fantastic. Yeah. Just fantastic. It definitely shifts 10 years later. Yeah. Huh? They love they love you. My daughter loves me, but she's also like, there's a, there's an angle half the time. <laughs> it changes later, oh. yeah. Oh, you want me to drive you to the Grove? Okay. I see. Oh, I, well, I see what you're point, up to. They are very pure at this point. They're yeah. just pure. They're so pure when they're little. Lovers and, you know, and of course, they have every color emotionally in the rainbow. He's sort of unhappy sometimes about his younger brother and hits him and, you know, and gets, you know, mad at us, you know. <laughs> so you're going to like these pre-K little uh, soirees yeah. and like the end of the year singing thing where they'd put them all out and they pr- try to sing. They're doing that stuff. I haven't done the little season. events, haven't the done parent it. events. Well, they're yes, yes. It's coming. I'm just telling you, it's it's yeah. in your future. I can, and you like him? What do you think? Yeah, it's good. It'll just be funny for you because you'll have the couple uh, parents like, "Hey, yeah. man, Jeff Goldblum, how are yeah, you?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hey. okay. Everybody, it's a it's a common denominator yeah. lowering, isn't it? You know, I mean, it's a, it's a conversation starter. It's yeah. a conversation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe I'm in the movies, but. The kids. What do we think about our kids? Yeah. And how how are you doing with the sleeping or the pooping or whatever? And it's just great, you know. Well, you gotta you gotta 
butter those people up. The mayor of Hollywood, your term's coming up soon. Uh, 2018. Uh, okay. You got to run for re-election. I'm not running for every, anything. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm out of office. Uh, thanks for coming on. Iowa Dogs, it seems like you're proud of this one. I'm, oh, I'm thrilled. I'm actually, no kidding around, just very proud to be any little part of this. It's a masterpiece. It's one of the great movies, I believe, in the continuum of art cinema. And um, I had a delicious experience on it, and I love all these people on it. But to be part of a movie like this is a very lucky, uh, proud-making thing. Yep. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. It was really fun. My pleasure. It was fun. 